you're sick of all the abundance gurus who preach the power of mindset or financial experts who scold you for enjoying the occasional latte, then you are in the right place. The Mind Money Balance Show explores the intersection of mental health and money. We explore broader factors that impact your financial life as a whole. I'm your host, Lindsay Bryan Podvin. I'm a financial therapist, woman of color, author, and founder of the company Mind Money Balance. When I'm not nerding out on the emotional and psychological side of money, you can usually find me walking my pup and listening to an astrology podcast or curled up with a giant bowl of popcorn watching Bravo TV. This show originally airs as a video on my YouTube channel. So if you hear me say things like, as you can see here, or click this, you'll have to head over to the YouTube link that's linked in the show notes to see exactly what I'm referencing. And if you want to jump into the community, you can join in on the conversation in the comments section over on YouTube. With that, let's go. Something that comes up all the time in my work is a sentiment that sounds like this. Lindsay, I'm so behind. And my response is usually like, compared to who? And most of the time people are saying, oh, compared to other people my age or compared to my friend or compared to where my parents were at my age. And this is all about comparison. And that comparison is making us feel worse about ourselves. It is not helpful at all. I'm going to talk about why we compare ourselves to others and how to stop doing it financially. Today, we're going to talk about financial comparison and I'll talk about why we do it and also give you some little ideas to help you cut it out or at least do it a little less. It's very easy to be like, oh, just keep your eyes on your own paper, stay in your own lane, focus on your own goals. But when we are thinking about our financial goals, it's really hard to not compare ourselves to others, especially if we are a person who's trying to improve our financial wellness. We are looking to others to figure out where should I be for my age or where should I be based on my degree, right? We, we try and figure out what the different rules are, what the different guidelines are, or which goals we should be achieving. And it's just really, really hard to know. The other thing that makes it really complicated is that when we are trying to figure out what we should be doing financially, oftentimes we are comparing ourselves to other people in our world. We're comparing ourselves to our neighbors, to our friends, to our siblings. But unless they are showing us their bank investing credit scores and debt statements, we really have no idea what is actually going on financially in their lives. We may see someone our age with a similar job in our neighborhood come home with a new car and we rightfully jump to a conclusion of how they got that car, not knowing what is actually going on behind the scenes. Had they been saving up for that particular car for three, four, five years and put a giant down payment on it and only have a 12-month loan on it? Is the car a part of their compensation package that they just got in a job? Maybe they can't afford it and they've taken out a really high interest loan on that car and they're going to be paying for it for seven years, right? We just have no idea what is going on. But when we see that external thing, we make meaning of it. And then we ask ourselves, how come I don't have that? Or we might be going, am I supposed to have that? Is that what I should be doing financially at my age or at my stage in life? And comparison is a very, very normal thing. To be clear, comparison is a great problem-solving skill that we use throughout our lives. It's a way to help us make decisions and make connections and find relationships between two different things. But when we get into comparing ourselves financially, it's often tied to our self 
worth. Sometimes we use comparing ourselves to others as some sort of measuring stick. And when we do that, it can make us feel pretty terrible. It can make us judge ourselves. It can increase negative thoughts in our head, or it might make us just feel overall down. And the way that this looks is we start to tell ourselves that our goodness or our worthiness is associated with our financial goals, such as I'm only good if I have a six-month emergency fund, or I'm only valuable if I earn more than my colleague. Because money is so easy to measure, it is very easy to confuse a measurement of a number or the size of a number with our value or our worth. And it's very easy because of the way we have been taught about math and about numbers and about money that we automatically go, oh, having $1,000 is better than having $100. So if you find yourself in that financial comparison trap, here are some tips and tricks to help you stop comparing yourself or again, at least make it so it's not so intense. First things first, remember that you are tracking your financial progress against yourself and that your financial progress is not linear. It is not a nice clean line just going up at a perfect 45 degree angle. We have to remember that growth is gonna look a little bit like two steps forward, one step back, five steps forward, 10 steps back, 20 steps forward, two steps back, right? This up and down progress or momentum. In psychotherapy, I often use different mental health measures or screening tools to help track a person's progress over time. And what we want to see, say, for example, if I'm working with a client who has depression, we want to see the depression score go from a high number to a low number because a high number in a particular depression score is associated with having more severe depression symptoms. And over time in our work together, we want that number to become lower. But the reason I'm often re-administering that screening tool or that measuring tool again and again and again is to show people that even though your score might bounce up and down, the goal is that over time, the low numbers are more consistent than the high numbers. And when we zoom out, instead of looking at that number every day or every week, and we zoom out, we look at the progress over the month, we can see the trend of the severity of those symptoms going down. Now, when it comes to our money, most of us are working toward increasing our net worth because when we increase our net worth, that is a very measurable outcome of our debt going lower and the money that we are saving and investing or have assets in going higher. And it is not true that it will automatically go from a negative number to a zero and then to a high number, right? Our progress to increase our net worth is going to bounce up and down over time with the overall goal being that you're at least trending in the right direction. So that's the first thing I want you to keep in mind is your growth isn't linear, and rather than looking at how much have I progressed in the last three months, I want you to take a look at how much you've progressed over the last year or five years or even 10 years. Next, when you find yourself comparing yourself to others financially, I want you to ask yourself, am I a little bit jealous? And I don't want this jealousy piece to come off as shaming or blaming or judgmental. I often think that jealousy can teach us something about ourselves because often when we are jealous, there's a little something in that other person that we might be envious of. And when it comes to our finances, it's very easy to say, oh, I'm envious of their higher salary or of the vacation they just went on. But instead, I want you to really think about what about that number? What about that vacation is something that you want? What do you think will be different in your life when you have that number or you have that vacation? 
What are the values underneath that number or that vacation? And that can help you to figure out which financial goals are you working toward right now and are they actually aligned with what you actually want? So maybe you think, if I had an extra $10,000, I'd be able to outsource my laundry or my cleaning or some of my grocery shopping. Then once we have the idea of why those things matter, outsourcing that handful of chores, you might go, the reason I want to outsource those is because I want to spend my time being more fully present with my parents as they are entering into their golden years and as they are aging. And that is in alignment with my values of nurturing relationships that matter to me. Now we have a much better idea of why seeing somebody else's higher salary creates that intense jealousy. And then we can start working toward how much money do I actually need to outsource those chores? Of those three chores I want to outsource, which one will actually give me back the most amount of time or which one do I find the most laborious or tedious? And then we can start figuring out how to make that piece of your life feel less extractive and draining and start putting your energy and effort toward the other thing that you mentioned, which was spending more time with your aging parents. As we are talking about comparison, did you know that there are four unique financial archetypes that shape our unique challenges and strengths to why we do what we do with our money? There are. <laughs> if you want to learn more about your unique financial archetype, head to my website, mindmoneybalance.com quiz, where you can take a free quiz and get your results right away to learn a little bit more about your financial archetype. Another thing you can do if you're finding yourself in the comparison trap is to pull a paraphrase from Alcoholics Anonymous. In AA, there is a common prayer that is recited. It is not necessarily religious, so think of it more of a mantra, but it says, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Again, if the word prayer doesn't resonate with you or if you have issues with AA, all good I want you just to think of using that as a nice reflection tool. Is the thing I'm comparing myself to something that I can actually do something about or not? And if the answer is yes, then I want you to think about what are the things that are getting in the way of me making the change so that I can do the thing that I'm telling myself I want to do based on comparing myself to others. Now, on the other hand, if the thing you're comparing yourself to is out of your control or something that just won't be accessible to you, then can you practice releasing that type of comparison? And I want you to catch yourself in the act of dismissing achievements, compliments, or accolades. And I mean when somebody compliments you or when you have that moment of like patting yourself on the back and then you immediately dismiss it. You may be like, how does this have to do with comparison? And it's because so many of us when we achieve different financial goals, we don't pause to let it sink in, to let it soak in, and to actually enjoy what we have achieved. This could be when you pay off your student loans. Maybe you share an Instagram story and you're like, oh my gosh, I paid off my student loans. And somebody says, yay. And all of a sudden you're feeling bashful and you're like, actually, I didn't have that many student loans. It wasn't that hard. No big deal. Rather than doing that, just say thank you. Just give it a little try. Or if you are patting yourself on your back, maybe you have achieved that $2,500 emergency goal fund that has been something you've wanted for a long time and you've worked toward achieving it and you see that $2,500 amount in your savings account and you have this moment of, oh, I did it. And then you have this moment of, oh, 
but it's not a month of expenses. It's not three months of expenses. Back up, hang out in the place of celebrating those milestones and sitting with the gratitude of what you have accomplished. I want you to also check out the different people that you are following, listening, or reading about. If the person that you are following is making you feel good about yourself, or at least validated and seen, then that's probably a good cue that you can continue to follow them. Now, on the other hand, if following a content creator makes you feel worse about yourself, ashamed, embarrassed, or just overall you feel bad, that's probably a good cue that you don't want them or need them in your life, taking up your beautiful brain space. A lot of us, especially in the United States, (laughs) we love to think that like tough love and bootstrapping is the only way to learn things or to get things or to understand things. So by default, A lot of people create content that is a little bit harsh and nasty and uh, not so kind, but we tell ourselves that we need that tough love. We need that kind of drill sergeant mentality in order to actually make a change when the research shows that is not true. So just do a quick little check-in, literally like pause this for a few minutes, check out your podcast feed, and I want you just to ask yourself of the people that you're listening to in that podcast feed, does this person make me feel better? or worse. And remember, better could also be being validated or being seen. It doesn't necessarily mean just sunshine and rainbows, but in general, do you feel better or worse after listening to that podcast? If the answer is yes, stay subscribed. And if not, just unfollow, unsubscribe. Then I want you to do that with your social media feeds. And then I also want you to do that with the books that are on your shelf. Maybe you have a book that is on your shelf that has been staring at you for literal years and you feel like you just need to read it. And then you pick it up and you read the inside book jacket or the back description and you're like, actually, this kind of makes me feel terrible. Great news. Donate it. Just get rid of it. Get it out of your house. Full permission to Lens your timeline of those things. And again, this is not about letting yourself off the hook, but it's about taking care of yourself so you can stop that financial comparison trap. So to recap, how to stop the financial comparison trap, here are the ideas again. Remind yourself that your growth or your progress is not linear. If you are finding yourself jealous or envious of somebody, ask yourself what specifically you're envious of and how can you get the thing that you are craving more of or less of in your life. Practice that serenity prayer or serenity mantra. Catch yourself being nice. And finally, unfollow and curate your feed to be kinder to yourself. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast player. This quick but meaningful action helps to support the show and helps others discover it too. I love connecting with my listeners. So if something resonated, take a screenshot of the episode and tag me over on Instagram at mindmoneybalance. This podcast simply wouldn't be possible without the help of others. I want to thank RJ Basio, who edits this podcast and Liberty Sales, who helps market the show to help people who need it find it. The cover art and episode art design is by Jenny H. Design. Disclaimer, everything on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Neither the host or guests are rendering legal, financial, accounting, mental health, investing, medical, or other professional advice. If you want professional help, please seek it out.